Hello everyone, Paul Akers and welcome back to The American Innovator. Are you ready for an epic journey? My good friend David Long invited me and my wife to go along with him to Europe to trace the steps of the 101 Airborne Division Band of Brothers as they push back the Nazis on D-Day. Now this is going to be an epic journey. I'm going to try to do a video for every day we're in the region. And we're going to learn so much about what happened on that day, June 6, 1944, when the Allied forces with 13 nations came ashore to push back the Nazi invasion of France and Europe. Now this was really a crazy experience because I've been to Normandy before, but never before on an organized tour that was specifically geared towards historical events that took place in this region. And we saw all kinds of amazing things. We started off in the British and Canadian sector, which was Juno Beach and Sword Beach. And I was able to take the drone along with me and get incredible shots of these armament positions that the Nazis had built in. Now one of the things that I found was so interesting is the Germans were very systematic and standardized everything, including how they built all these positions. There was only one thing they didn't standardize and that was the weapons themselves. They had almost 40 different kinds of weapons and that posed a problem in terms of them servicing and having munitions for everything. And that was probably a weak link. But we went along this region and we saw how the war played out, the weather played into everything and how they built these amazing harbors. The Allies designed and strategically built these harbors that were temporary so they could put all the supplies ashore on all these villages and towns in the Normandy coastline. And you can see the harbor right here that they built. It was really spectacular. The harbors were named Mulberry A and Mulberry B. Mulberry A was destroyed just shortly, a few days after they built it, by a storm that lasted three days. They abandoned Mulberry A and just used Mulberry B to bring in troops and supplies aboard. Now, the entire operation was controlled by Eisenhower, who was Supreme Commander, and 13 nations participated. And it was critical that all 13 participated in order for them to have the success they had. It was truly a joint effort of the biggest magnitude ever seen. And to put it in perspective, 156,000 men came ashore that day in just 24 hours to recapture the French coastline and then push inward to push the Nazis back. Why such a huge effort? Because this was the only bite of the apple that the Allies would ever get. They felt like now was the time if they didn't strike and create a landhold on the European coastline, then it would be very difficult to ever defeat Hitler. 70 miles of coastline, five beaches, Utah, Omaha, Gold, Juno, and Sword Beach. Okay, so sir, what is your name? Hugh McGuire. Hugh McGuire. And you were here on D-Day? On D-Day. Landed in Thank you. Thank you for your service. Then we went north to Juneau Beach where the Canadians came ashore. Now, the Canadians took some pretty heavy casualties, but when they went inland and they met the Panzer Division, that's where the fighting really became fierce. We went underneath some of the bunkers where we saw where the Germans were entrenched in and everything they did to keep the Allies from coming ashore. And check this out. You throw a hand grenade into a German bunker, it rolls right back out to you. Quick, throw it away. <laughs> The Germans were definitely ready for an invasion. All the bunkers were heavily reinforced, six foot thick walls, ventilation systems, wood stoves, sleeping cots, 
Everything was prepared, including emergency exits. Next, we went down to the beach where we saw the invasion actually take place. And it was just hard to believe what these men endured. That tide was way out when they came ashore, and they had to come 300 meters inland across the muck of the beach and being under fire the entire time. At the end of the day, we went to the Pegasus Bridge. This is where gliders came in and landed within just a few meters of their targets to overtake these bridges as strategic points. It was absolutely incredible what the Allies accomplished. And look at these gliders filled with up to 28 men. Next, we had a passionate talk and lecture from this woman who really wanted us to understand the history of what happened and the incredible sacrifice that all these individuals gave for our freedom. This is only day one, and I'm left humbled and in awe of what I experienced. All right, welcome back everyone to the American Innovator and in day two of the Beyond Band of Brothers tour throughout Normandy. It is gonna become an epic experience as we travel all over Europe. Today, we're gonna to go to a place called Dead Man's Corner and it's called that because a tank operator came to this very strategic Y in the corner and was killed and tried to come out of the tank and he was left there for days. So the way they identified the corner was as Dead Man's Corner because the tank operator was actually half out of the tank. And this is the tank right here. This is the Y in the road. Really quite dramatic. Now I was able again to take the drone up over the area to get a bird's eye perspective of the small villages and everything. Then we went inside a museum that was absolutely incredible with war memorabilia, the uniforms that these men were wearing. And what's really remarkable is how much gear they were carrying. Just sometimes hundreds of pounds of gear trying to slog across the Normandy beaches to get inland. They had a fabulous simulation of what training they went through and then we got on board a C-47 that was actually a simulator itself to kind of let you feel what it was like for these paratroopers to come across the English Channel and then jump out of the plane under heavy fire into the Normandy coastline and then a crash landing. Wow, it was absolutely incredible. It let you feel a little bit of what they must have been feeling. Now, one of the things I thought was so interesting is a lot of the paratroopers sewed on extra pockets because they wanted to be more prepared, things more readily available. They had tremendous amount of first aid gear. Now, this is an amazing story. In this church, 80 Americans who were injured were cared for by two medics and then 20 Germans were brought into this church as well and they also cared for them. Could you imagine Americans and Germans, the enemy together being cared for in this little church? What an astounding story. And then the medic who did that was actually buried outside in the courtyard. And then Brave Cop Manor, where Dick Winter's band of brothers carried out the infamous flanking attack on the four guns. Then we went to lunch at a beautiful French chateau, which we had a fantastic time there, and then on to Utah Beach, one of the most successful campaigns of the entire Normandy invasion. To put in perspective, only 42 men died on this beach and they brought 23,000 people ashore. 
16,000 vehicles, 180,000 tons of supply. The tide was out over 600 meters. They had to slog across this entire beach area to make it into shore. Very well orchestrated. Everything went according to plan. the road to liberty. There was actually a mile marker every kilometer all the way to Birchster Gardens showing the path that the Allied troops traveled in order to liberate Europe. And this was the Higgins landing craft made out of plywood with just a steel front. And this was an anti-aircraft gun from the Germans. This is the road to liberty. Right down this path is the road to the freedom of Europe. Next, Samaraglis, one of the first villages to be liberated on June 6, 1944. Paratroopers parachuted into this village and overtook the Germans. One of our paratroopers, John Steele, supposedly got hung up in the steeple of the church and was finally cut loose and brought in actually by Germans. Craziest thing, they have stained glasses inside to commemorate what happened there. And then we went inside and saw some more amazing footage and videos of what happened on that day in D-Day. They had great simulations as well in this village and a fantastic museum that we went around in the C-47. It was just incredible. You could see the bullet holes still in the windows and louvers of the church. It was a beautiful area and an amazing experience to see everything that had transpired on another great day in Normandy. Day two, Beyond the Band of Brothers tour.